All right, you didn't ask for this, but I'm about to give you one of my main takeaways from the United States World Cup run. Okay, here we go. The U.S. is close, but it's not quite there. That was it. There's a lot of young talent in the player pool, but the team has some work to do before they'll be really ready to make noise at the World Cup. And that's okay. We've got three and a half years before the next tournament, the one that's going to be mostly held on U.S. soil. So there's time. But at the same time, there will be far more pressure for the team to succeed and make a run into the quarterfinals or even further the next time around than there was in 2022. So how does the team get there? How do they take the next step? Well, it starts with their young stars. Players like Christian Pulisic and Gio Reyna and Serginho Dest and Yunus Musa, all of those players, it starts with them improving and taking their games to the next level. And that's what we're here to talk about today. We're breaking down how the U.S.'s best players can get even better. I'm Joe Lowry, and welcome to the Backheeled Show, where we bring you unique coverage of American soccer in just 10 minutes or less. On today's show, I'm joined by Taylor Rockwell from the Total Soccer Show, one of the longest-running American soccer podcasts in existence. Taylor watches and re-watches U.S. games, he takes diligent notes, and he makes a mean breakfast sandwich. Taylor and I run through how the U.S.'s biggest names can level up, and we do it in near-rapid-fire fashion because here at Backheeled, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So, let's get to it and talk soccer. I'm now joined by Taylor Rockwell. Taylor, thanks so much for being here. How are you? My pleasure. I I am well. It's weird to not have World Cup games. I'm glad we found a way to still manage to talk about soccer on our day off uh, as is tradition. I'm going to say, what else are we supposed to do, Taylor? I don't think we have any (laughs) other option. We're going to dig into how the U.S.'s best players can get even better. I wrote a piece about this very topic for Backheel.com earlier this week. And Taylor, I want to get your perspective here on the show, starting with Christian Pulisic. He scored a goal. He was involved in other moments for the U.S. at this World Cup. He laid it all on the line. Taylor, what can Christian Pulisic do to make himself a better player? Sure. So uh, there are probably a myriad uh, answers to these when it comes to their club career. Uh, for me, I definitely tried to focus more on like what would I rather see in terms of U.S. national team development. And with Pulisic, we talked about it a bunch in the World Cup. It's set-piece delivery. He is never going to be an in-the-box presence for club or country, but he can help with his service. And I genuinely think there is a mental issue in terms of the way he's delivering that sometimes it fails to clear the first defender over and over again. Sometimes it floats to the back post. And it makes me wonder if he's just overthinking it in the moment, if as he's coming up, he's thinking, I don't hit it the wrong way. Make sure you clear that defender. And it's just sort of psyching himself out. So I think more regularity in his set piece uh, distribution. And then also from the spot, taking some free kicks and putting them on frame, putting them in the back of the net would certainly be a positive as well. Yeah, during the World Cup, which we watched a lot of these games together, Taylor, you mm. coined this idea that Pulisic would see someone wearing his colored jersey and go, ooh, another one like that me. One. I'm going to yeah. pass it to that guy, which is not always <laughs> maybe what you're looking for in some of those set-piece moments. So I think that's a great shout on that one, Taylor. Let's move to another U.S. attacker, Gio Reyna. Yeah. Reyna barely played at the World Cup, and when he did, he didn't look 100%. What can he do to take his game to the next level? I mean, that's the answer. It's it's cliche, but it's stay healthy. If you look at his career, he has the breakthrough season in 2019-2020. He plays 355 minutes in the league, uh, close to 2,000 uh, the season thereafter. And from there, 
439 minutes last season, 367 this year. I think I'm correct in saying that fewer than 30% of his total career minutes were in the last two seasons. And that's not what you want to see from a player who's been a pro for four years now. You want to see those minutes tick up or stay consistent. And that speaks to to the injuries, maybe a little bit of the uh, sort of tumult, or the relative tumult at uh, Dortmund. But I think for him to stay healthy, be on the pitch more regularly, that is only going to help him uh, sort of push that U.S. attack to the next level. Taylor, let's move back into the midfield to a player who I know we both love. His name is Yunus Musa. He's a phenomenal dribbler, good at so many things. What does the next step look like for Yunus Musa? Goal scoring, I think. Mm. Uh, I think the U.S. will continue to play defensive teams, uh, teams that are happy to sit back and give the ball to the U.S. Uh, even with no World Cup qualifying, I think that will be the case. In three seasons with Valencia, he has two goals on 21 shots. That's good for an XG of about 2.2. So he is slightly underperforming. No goals this season. Uh, his like shots per target are on target ratio, Joe, I know that's not your favorite number, but even there, it's a little bit slacking. So I think him being more directly involved in attacking opportunities, be assists or goals I think that is the jump that he needs to make what do you think about for Weston McKinney Taylor Musa's kind of number eight partner what would you say Weston McKinney can level up I don't know is my honest answer here I thought a lot about this one this is the only one that I don't have a concise answer for or concise for me because he is the sort of jack of all trades player for the midfield that I think he's kind of that for Juventus he plays a lot of different roles he does a lot of different things some of them better than others, but I, I don't know if I say there's one glaring deficiency. Some would say his first touch, some would say his passing, some would say his tackling even. Uh, but but I think maybe it's just avoiding Juventus if things go south for them. That might be the first step if uh, if things take a turn the way they seem like they're going to. Yeah, my honest answer for McKenney is his passing ability, but the thing is, Taylor, I don't think that's going to change at Juventus. They think they are at a level as a club, and now financially there's all sorts of questions here, but they think they're at a level where Weston McKenney is not good enough to play through right they don't want to play through McKenney they want him to go wide they want him to go high I would love for McKenney to almost take advantage of the financial ruin that's about to hit and and maybe drop back a level right go find a club that's playing in the Europa League and maybe get more touches of the ball because I do think it's mostly the attacking stuff that he can work on mostly his work with the ball his touch but he just doesn't really get many chances to do that stuff with Juventus so yeah, that's, that's a good shout. He is a very well-rounded player who I think brings a lot of value. Taylor, let's drop back one more line of sorts to Tyler Adams. Uh, he was a breakout star, I think, at this World Cup, even though we all knew how good he could be. Mm-hmm. What is the next step for Tyler Adams? Yeah, uh, it's one that you've talked about previously. You've kind of sold me on. He needs to improve his forward passing and overall distribution. The wrinkle here is that I'm not sure he can because that's not what Leeds ask of him. Uh, his short, medium passing percentages at Leeds are excellent. They drop significantly for longer passes. Uh, he only has one goal creating action this season, uh, which again really isn't his game. Progressive distance is his lowest in in his last three seasons, but none of that is necessarily a problem. It just means that he's not developing that passing ability, that passing range, that ability to turn and play forward through the lines. And I don't know if he will at Leeds. So in some way, it's it's developing that part of his game. But in another, it may be moving to a newer club where he has maybe more of the ball or the team has more of the ball. So he can still do, do the defensive side of things that we've come to expect, but also just be on the ball more in progressive ways. Taylor, to close us out here, let's talk Serginho Dest. He had some great moments at the World Cup and some less great moments, especially thinking about that round of 16 game against the Dutch. How can Serginho Dest elevate his game? I think stabilize his club situation. I really think that's the biggest one for him. Again, sort of low-hanging fruit here, but we're talking about a guy who I think when he looked his best, the last time I saw him look just like 
Yep, he is he is an, a next-level player. He's going to be the man for the United States is when he's with Ajax. Moving to Barca, there's been a managerial change, and the financial situation there has meant that sometimes he's playing, sometimes he's not. Sometimes he has no plans, or Xavi has no plans for him, and then sometimes he does. Um, the Milan loan, uh, I think, ha- has worked in certain ways and in other ways not. I don't know if they will make that permanent or try to make that permanent or if he will be back at Barcelona, but Barcelona have said he won't play for them again. So it's about finding, for me, it's about finding a club that basically lets him play the way he wants to play, which is very attacking, being being involved, staying out wide or cutting inside, still doing the defensive side of things. But I think a another sort of ball-dominant team, either in a smaller league, like going back to the Eredivisie, where he's going to be able to kind of play for a bigger club and have that attacking intent, or if it means playing for a bigger club in a bigger league, but then having to really push for those spots. I always think about what could have happened if he had gone to Bayern Munich instead of Barcelona and how different things might be for him with him and Alfonso Davies on either side. That would be pretty pretty fascinating. I doubt that happens now, but I think finding the right club to help him kind of continue to be the player he is is the next step for Dest. Making me wish for that alternate reality at Bayern, Taylor. Right. You really are. Right. Taylor Rockwell, ladies and gentlemen. Taylor, thank you for joining me. Before I let you go, Plug TSS, plug whatever you've got going on. Now we have some fun stuff going on over there, even on the U.S. side over the next couple of days. <laughs> I like that you asked me to plug a thing that you you know just as much about <laughs> as I do. Uh, Total Soccer Show, five days a week. We're covering every game of the World Cup, except for when we're traveling home from being in New York. But we're going to continue to cover the knockout rounds as we get closer to the final. We'll do a big uh, final preview and a tournament review. We're also going to have a U.S. show coming up where we sort of look back. We put out a survey on Twitter. We got some very interesting responses to some of the questions. I think one of the most live sided was should Greg Berhalter return as manager so we'll talk about that and many other things we also have soccer 101 if you're getting into the basics of the game or maybe the intermediate basics of the game is how I'll say that one Joe Lowry heavily involved in both of those boom ladies and gentlemen that is it for this episode of the Backheel show if you're looking for more American soccer coverage check out backheel.com we'll talk to you soon 